In the great bowels of the internet, there are assembled the world's two most prodigious podcasters created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Joe, a chubby Italian nebbish with a slamming tan, and Gomez, a Puerto Rican, when convenient, who doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Their mission combine their love of all things pop culture to present the most important podcast on the planet. When their powers are assembled, they form the mighty Car Man. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 262 of the Car Joe Mez podcast. I'm Mez and my co-host as always. I'm Joe of the Car Joe Mez podcast. Yes you are. What's up buddy? Gomez, a lot of good stuff going on around here in these Car Joe Mez parts. Oh, is there really? Well, you, you, you know it. We always bringing the best in pop culture to you and and some real life stories and situations we bring the funny because funny make money in these parts but uh gomez we have a big announcement we're gonna do it right here at the top Ooh, what are we announcing today thursday the day this podcast comes out we will be live on twitch you and i the whole team all two of us Oh, Lord. Yes. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, twitch.tv slash Mr. Joe Shoes. And you and I, Gomez, will be doing the one chip challenge. Oh, I need to start preparing mentally for this. I just, oh, what did I get myself into? You, at least you seem to have a better idea of how to prepare for it than I did. Yeah, but it doesn't make it any better. We're both gonna die. I'll just die, maybe a little, a little easier. Yeah, <laughs> your death will be more pro pronounced. <laughs> no suffering like you will be, but hopefully not. Maybe we'll game plan together. I don't want to see you die either. No, I, and I don't want to die. I, honestly, if it came down to me or you, I would rather it be you. I mean, I I get it. I understand that I don't like it, but I, I would expect that. Yes. <laughs> like, if I had to choose, not that, not that I'm I'm rooting for it, but like, if this was one of those situations where like Homer Simpson tries to outsmart the devil, well then, yeah, I'm gonna make that choice. It'll be difficult, but I would do it. <laughs> oh man. I gotta, alright, so let me start, I gotta get gloves, I gotta get some yogurt, some milk, I gotta prepare, I gotta, I gotta hit the store before this. Now, in, in all the ones that you've seen or heard about or, or experienced so far, has anyone actually finished the chip? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the guy down the block, I told you the neighbor did it last week, he shoved the whole chip in his mouth. Oh. He got it, he got it down, Yeah. You know, and he thought he was good for a while until he wasn't. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay. I was I was under the impression that people took, like, a, a small bite and, like, called it quits. I said, I'm probably going to do that because uh, I don't want to die. So I might take, like, half the chip. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we will I don't see know about happens. shoving that thing in my mouth. 
He said the consistency was a little weird. So I was Ooh, like, oh. Interesting. Yeah, that well, made me a little nervous. We're going to do our best. And, of course, if you guys have been following along on social media, at Cardjomez, you know that this past Sunday I did a live stream myself trying out the new Monster Mash cereal. Yeah, we, we had some fun in there, and I hope honestly, I hope to do some more of those. Those were pretty fun. I enjoyed the interaction with everyone who came in, and if you missed it, that video is now up on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Joe Shoes. So go check it out. It was a good, it was a good time. You just chilling, eating some cereal, having a little chat. Everyone's participating. It was good. A lot of fun. Yeah, it's fun to do, and uh, we'll have the one chip challenge come up today, Thursday. And yes, hopefully we'll miss it. We'll put it on the YouTube, right? Yes, that's that's the plan that that'll be that'll be on YouTube as well. Hopefully um, by the next morning. Breaking news. Uh, Hey, everyone. It's Mez here breaking into your very important episode of the Carl Jomez podcast to let you know that there's been a change to the one chip challenge. At the time of recording this, our double main man, Joe, did not realize he had an episode of Boozing with the Toys for that night. So, here's what we're going to do. 8 to 10, Boozing with the Toys. See all your favorites there? After that, come on over to our Twitch stream and watch us do the One Chip Challenge. So, 8 to 10, Boozing with the Toys. And then, 10 p.m. Eastern Time... Joe and I will do the one chip challenge. God help us. Hope to see you then, folks. We now return you to your scheduled program already in progress. Subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Follow us on all the social medias at Card Jomez to see what we're up to, what we're getting into. And, Gomez, this is still staying true. If you subscribe to this podcast, take a screenshot, tweet it to us at Card Jomez with the hashtag. What is it, Gomez? Belly button splashes. Belly button splash. Yes. <laughs> Tweet it to us and you will get a signed 8x10 sent to you. So do that. Get in them. We've been sending them out. I've had to send out a couple already. It's actually really cool for me to do. I, I give you a nice personalized message on it. And you can hang that on your wall and classy up the place. <sighs> Only the finest things go on the walls. And that is mwah, fine as it comes. Chef's kiss. What you been up to this week, bro? You were so busy last week, I'm sure this week you did nothing I I did a combination of nothing and everything this week Oh no, that's not good When we last spoke, we were rudely interrupted by a ringing house phone (laughs) Unbelievable (laughs) And uh, yeah, a lot of people had fun with that Uh, Went over very big on the social medias And um Honestly, this week I just kind of took it easy. Good. Hung out, caught up on watching some stuffs. So now I'm ready to have a uh, a regular Car Jomez episode today instead of just hey, this is what I did this week. Oh, but people, come on! It was good times. You had lots of adventures to talk about. It was good. I and people like that. People like hearing, you know, just two friends shooting the shit like they're sitting in the car going on a ride. I said, I need to hear the story. You got to tell me the story of what happened on the trip. So we just tell it so everyone can hear it, too. Exactly. So I'm more than happy to live this life. That way I can tell you all about it. (laughs) Oh, so that's good. So you caught up on some stuff. Watch anything good? 
Uh, I finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They had their series finale. Which is crazy, because I saw that. I didn't get a chance to watch that yet. I'll do that this week. But I saw people saying, oh, what a great series. I said, series finale? I said, this show just came back two weeks ago. So what the hell's going when on? We, when we spoke about it, and I mentioned, okay, I finally started watching it. I said, hey, there's eight episodes up already. Well, it turned out that the ninth was the finale. That's crazy. Oh, man. They really burned through that season. My goodness. And I thought it was a great series finale, to be honest with you. It was a very fitting tribute. It was the final heist. Awesome. So it was a perfectly in-line Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode and finale. Good. I saw most people saying how they enjoyed it. And uh, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, sad to see it go, but hey, as long as it went out on top, can't ask for anything better. Yeah, very sad to see it go, but it did leave on a very good note. I actually enjoyed this season. Um, and my hope is that with the full series available on streaming, it's on Hulu right now. The full series is on Hulu if you want to go and check it out if you've never watched it before. My hope for this show is that it becomes like The Office for people. Because I think as a full show, and this may be a hot take, I don't think it is. As a full show, start to finish, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is better than The Office. The Office is great, but I still would put like 10 shows in front of it. I do too. I enjoy The Office. It's great. I laughed every time I watched it. It's great. But I just think other things are better. That's it. You know? When The Office is good, it's very, very good. But when The Office is bad, it is not very good. And there is a significant amount of not very good in The Office. I want to see, because you, you mentioned how you want like Brooklyn Nine-Nine to become the show. I wonder what will become the show. Because having The Office not on Netflix that's easily accessible to everyone, something else has got to step up for all these youngins that get hooked on one of these shows of ours. Yeah, and I haven't seen I, – I still feel like people are still resorting back to – I like, I still see everyone still using office memes and, like, it's still popping up everywhere in social media kind of conversation. I don't really see what's primed to take that spot, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping people say, you know what? I'm going to start this Brooklyn Nine-Nine show. I know, it is what it is. It's already done, so I already know where I stand with it. So I'm going to give this a shot, and I hope it becomes the new show that they love. Nobody's got Peacock, so come on, people. Been something else. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that's good. I wonder, that's the NBC show, so that's probably going to go to Peacock too, actually, right? So <laughs> I would assume it is going to go to Peacock now. Uh, damn, so no one's going to, oh, this is not good. We need a show that's easily accessible for people. You know what's it's funny? No- even with Peacock, like they brought back Saved by the Bell, and you would have thought that there would have been like some hype behind that, and there really wasn't. Like, not even with our age group demographic. Like, I watched it, I hated it, I just thought it was completely lame. Um, I think you liked it a little bit better than me, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I thought it was good. I because because I I'm I'm not someone who's like, yo, Saved by the Bell. Was just forget about it. Saved by the Bell was a fun show. It's fine. It's a little. It's a show for high school kids. And this show, it's a, it's a school for high school uh, high school kids. It's fine. Both shows are fine and enjoyable. 
I'll say it came out during the height of the pandemic. I wonder if that has something to do with the lackluster fanfare around it. But uh, I also just think Peacock. I just don't think people are jumping to new services like that, especially I, for something like that. Like that's not something I gotta sign up for Peacock now. No, I, 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 you know, maybe I'm wrong on this. I would think that the majority of the Peacock subscriptions are because of the WWE Network. Yes, which just happened. <laughs> you know, and people are still complaining about that—that that they don't even have all the content that they had when they lost it the first time. It's gotten better, but it's still not great. No, I like you used to see like announcements all the time like, oh, this got added to the network and this year of house shows or superstars tapings got added to the network. And now all the only thing I see when it concerns the network is that, hey, this stuff was supposed to be out and it's not there. Like when they were doing the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast shows. Yeah. It was like this episode with Kevin Nash was supposed to be up two days ago, and it's still not there. For everything that the WWE does not do well, the network was, I mean, a a shining achievement. That thing was the best. That thing was great. And and don't get me wrong. It's not like it was perfect from Jump Street. No. But and that but just oh, even that, I just love the interface. I just love I just love the way it was. It I was just, easy to use. It was yeah. easy to navigate to search. I, yeah. I found I found the whole network very easy, very 100%. very user Simple. friendly. Yep, you want this? Boom, easy. Two set, two clicks. You got what you're looking for. Boom. Loved it. This one not so much. And even from launch, there were boy, every pay per view was available at launch. Yes, you know, because they knew. Because if they if they launched a WWE network and did not it did what Peacock did, forget about it. It would have been a disaster. Hundred percent. This way, it's like Peacock's like, yo, you're lucky we're fucking doing this. Slow down, you'll have your shit when we get it up there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, there's no sense of urgency from Peacock. No, it's it's just another thing. Yeah. Except, I mean, I guess it's a little more important because it has its own tab on the the top of the the service there. But I mean, really, as we always talk about, it's just content, another content. Thing. Yeah. 10 hours of content a week. They love it. And now, because they don't own it, are they still creating original content for it? Like, I know they still do those, like, Stone Cold specials, but, like, are they still doing, like, any of the series? Like, uh, like the Monday Night Wars was a big one when that started coming out at the end of 2014 or whatever. Like, is there still stuff like that coming out? What I've seen, like, the most recent thing I saw, like, they did, like, um... A documentary around WrestleMania this year. So, like, they're doing stuff like that, like documentaries where they follow people around, stuff like that. Okay. I don't know about any, any, anything else, especially like scripted, and definitely no scripted. Yeah, but, but like documentary like, styles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. But that's, again, I, I only watch it when there's a pay per view. Even for Peacock, I don't, I'll turn Peacock on once a month if there's a movie. That I looked on my list and said, "Oh, it's on Peacock." But I mean, Peacock is something that's there just for wrestling. Basically, it's a it's a wrestling app. I don't even have Peacock. <laughs> I signed up for WrestleMania, and then I kept it, and because uh, they gave you like three or four months free when you signed up. Okay. So I was like, "Oh, I got it," and then I just kind of kept it because I have watched some of the pay per views, you know, in the past, Money in the Bank, shit like that. So how much? Yeah, mu- I'll keep it. How much is it? How much is Peacock right now? 
I want to say six ninety nine or five ninety nine. It's about the same price. It's like a dollar or two more than what you used to pay for WWE. Oh, well, not WWE. That was ten dollars. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm talking to the wrong app. WWE was what twelve dollars? I at, think the, the the nine ninety. Oh, well, I don't know. I I just remember nine ninety nine. Yes, that's because right. they made T-shirts out of that. And... Yes, that's right. I think it went up to twelve dollars. So you're paying half the price, and you're getting a lot more shit. Is, besides WWE and Saved by the Bell, what other programming is up there? Obviously, The Office, but like anything that I would like really need Peacock for. Because even if I want to watch The Office, as we all learned through this podcast, we could just turn on Comedy Central every day because that's one of the three <laughs> shows on there. Um, I don't, I don't know what. Oh, you know what's on there? Was that Peacock? So. Like I said, I don't really use Peacock. Obviously, all the Universal shows, NBC Universal shows. So if you wanted to watch Thirty Rock or something, you would have to have Peacock. To, no, you uh, don't though, because Thirty Rock. Oh, it's still on. Is, on, is on Netflix. Oh, it's on. All right. So I guess when that expires one day, you'll yeah. have to get Peacock. But uh, there was a show. I believe it was Peacock, not Hulu. I could be mixing it up, but I believe it's Peacock Original Frogger. Did you know there's a Frogger TV show? So if it's like a game show though, right? It's a game show. It's it's basically like those wipeout shows. Yeah. You know, it's that except they make it look like oh you got to jump on a lily pad. It's except, it's people yeah. trying to cross the street. Yes. Okay. It's, it's yeah. The same thing. There's water. It's the water. It's the same obstacle course you see, except it's kind of frog centric. Like here's a log. Here's this thing. It's terrible. <laughs> Really? Like, I was interested in that only because I watched, during the pandemic, I watched that show on Netflix, uh, Floor is Lava. It's exactly like that, yes. It's, okay. it's the same kind of thing. And So, like, it's fun, but it's just, in the sense of it being a Frogger show, it's just any other show. And yeah, okay. Not that I expected them to be fucking dodging Mack trucks and shit. Well, they I'm should. Just... It, that, that, there should be a built-in risk factor. <laughs> hey, bro, you signed up for it. You signed the contract. It'll be like like the Condemned with Stone Cold. <laughs> they could even do cross-branding. They could have Stone Cold host it. You think Stone Cold Steve Austin wouldn't host a Frogger show? I don't think Stone Cold would say no to lots of things, but he has his own show. Have you ever seen his, uh, his, his obstacle show? Broken what, what Skull it, thing? I was going to say Broken Skull something, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, actually. I saw like one or two. It's the same shit. It's like all those other shows. Like The Rock. Remember The Rock had one on Channel yeah. 5? It's all the same. How tough are you? Urgh, lift this log. Yeah. I saw the show with... um. Well, it's not even a show. It's a commercial that Stone Cold has with Ice-T where it's like... The this pick up is the a cold call. Yeah. I got them all saved for Smith, baby. They're so good. <laughs> Stone Cold getting them checks. Good for him. And and he comes off like very uh, endearing whenever you see him in like mainstream stuff. I mean, yes, they tell you not to meet your heroes, uh, but Stone Cold seems like someone you you want to meet and hang out and have a beer with. He seems like that kind of dude. Did you see he posted a video? I don't know how recent it was. I feel like it was pretty recently within the past couple of weeks. It's like him just walking along this like dirt road, I guess, on his ranch, and. Mm. The wind is blowing like like oh fucking tornado type winds, and he tries to dr- like drink a beer like Stone Cold would. Oh like, yes, I saw that. And the <laughs> wind just everywhere. blows it in the completely opposite direction. 
That's what I mean. He seems like a good time. He's always he's always having fun. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> Stone Cold. You brought up wrestling, Joe. Uh, one of the things this week, did you get a chance to watch Dark Side of the Ring? Holy shit. Gomez, uh, well documented, <laughs> my relationship with professional wrestling at this point. Yes. But logging onto Twitter that night, <laughs> and seeing just the reaction and the commentary that was coming out of that episode of Dark Side. And now I usually watch Dark Side because I still enjoy the history of the business yeah, and the stories behind wrestling. the stories. Yeah. And for a lot of it, I feel like I know most of the details already. That's why I don't really watch these. Uh, the top, I see the topic and I'm like, eh, you know, I, just, I don't care. Like, one of this my one. favorite ones was last season they did the UWF with Herb Abrams. And sure. I was, like, very excited for that because I've heard all these horror stories about Herb Abrams and the UWF. So, but, like, it, it's not the kind of thing that I would have ever thought we were going to get, like, a full-scale, like, a real-deal deep-dive documentary or a book or anything from. More yeah. or less, it's just, like, in passing from people in other interviews where – they spend maybe like three minutes talking about like Cactus Jack talks about it in his book for like two pages. Like, Oh, I did this UWF. It was fucking wild, whatever, whatever. But like, so that one I was excited for. And for this, I'm like plane ride from hell. I mean, who hasn't heard the story? Yeah. But then the reaction on Twitter, I was like, Holy shit. Now I would, I would have watched this episode. I would have gotten around to it when I got around to it. Sure. Yes. After seeing social media in the in the state that it was, like a <laughs> a four alarm fire drill, I was like, I have to find this and watch it immediately. That is when social media, Twitter, that's when it's fun. Is when we're all watching the same thing and we're all just having a good time with it. Whether it be cracking jokes, uh, just sharing memes, we're all watching the same thing. It's like the only appointment viewing we have left in the country is when there's one thing. It's pretty much one thing a week will grab everyone's attention and everyone will be talking about it. Yeah, and apparently this episode was the lowest rated episode of Dark Side to date. Wow, be really? Be I guess it's the first time it's gone up against the NFL. Okay, true. Yes, and it was NFL primetime this year. So far has been crazy. All the games have been close games that come down to the last minute. So Yeah. yeah. So everyone's watching the football game, but a, 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 a very loud portion of the audience <laughs> yes. was watching Dark Side of the Ring. And, like, did you feel the same way where you're like, okay, I got to go watch this? Yeah, because all of a sudden people are hashtagging and, and all the time. I'm like, oh, wait, what's going on? I was like, oh, playing right. For, I was like, oh, that's see now that's a cool topic. I I would be into <clears throat> because we all know the stories, but we never heard the boys talk about it. You know, we never heard their kind of side of of what happened there. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, I gotta I gotta check that out. Yeah, and I don't know if you had the same reaction as I did, but mine was my reaction was. Oh my God, Tommy Dreamer, can you be any fucking dumber? Tommy Dreamer just, <clears throat> he didn't have to say all those things he said. He he, per, he sat there and said, I'm going to be the guy to be like, hey, this ain't no big deal, bro. 
chill out. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it what's in your head, especially because he jokes about people being offended. You know this is going to happen, bro. You're joking about it. What are you doing? He literally, number one, he victim blames. Yes. <laughs> and then he compares sexual assault to his hairstyle. He, Tommy Dreamer has this reputation as being universally beloved within the business. And yes, he has helped out and and done a lot of good things for a lot of people throughout the years. I'm sure. This is all very, very true. But for him to sit there like he's the fucking Clint Eastwood get off my lawn guy, like how dare you ever accuse my hero Ric Flair when we all have heard these stories about Ric Flair for decades. Bro. It's we, the least surprising thing you've ever heard in your life. Ric Flair being a little too much with ladies. What? Like, and Gomez, a couple years ago, they did that 30 for 30 on ESPN about Ric Flair. Yeah. My reaction was wildly different than what I feel was the consensus reaction to it. People were head over heels like, oh, my God, what a, a great story for a great wrestler all time number one and i watched that and i said what documentary did you people watch because rick flair (laughs) comes off as one of the biggest fucking losers i have ever seen like and this this was the story he was proud of like here's a man who was married i don't know what 9 12 15 times doesn't have a fucking dollar to his name son od'd um, his daughter is in that documentary basically saying, oh, I only started wrestling because I wanted my dad to love me. Like, this is, like, if, if there is one person in this business I could look up to and try to emulate, Ric Flair would not be the one. I don't care how many fucking world titles he's won. Like they say, you want to emulate him in the ring. That's about it, bro. You want to take his style? Go ahead. Everything else, you a fool. Like, what are you doing, bro? Nature your money away. Like it is it is unbelievable. And the thing is it's like he never learned his fucking lesson. Like how Why many would he? He's never gotten in trouble really. No, like... and that's the thing. He's never had to deal with the consequences because there's always gonna be someone to give him a new contract, a new job to bail him out. And he just you know, relives that cycle all over again. Every time he gets five dollars, he spends ten. It is absurd. You know, and now we we hear this story and it's like, oh, Ric Flair's running around in the robe and showing off his dick. And it's like, all right, like, yeah, I get it. The boys love it. (laughs) The boys love it. The boys love it. And you know what? (laughs) I started in the wrestling business 20 years ago when I was 19 years old. And that's the kind of shit like everyone would pop for. Like that. I get it. But the thing is, times are different. You get yes. older, you mature, your viewpoints change, society changes. And the fact that we are still like Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer very easily could. And this is why Tommy Dreamer comes off as the fucking biggest heel in this whole fucking documentary. Tommy Dreamer very easily could have sat there and said, listen, it was a different time. We were all a bunch of assholes then. 
Obviously, the times have changed. It's not something anyone would find funny today. It's not something anyone would encourage today. And especially now, as the father of two young girls, I hope neither one of them ever have to be put in a situation like that poor flight attendant. And I'm very sorry for what she had to go through. Had he said that, how fucking difficult is that? No. The flight attendant said it best. He goes, I didn't think Ric Flair was going to rape me. But what he did was still wrong. And that's the problem. To Tommy Dreamy, he's like, well, this guy, he's like, he wasn't going to oh, do nothing It's just a gag. It's just a gag. Yeah, he's like, no big deal. But it's like, no, like, that's not everyone's cool with it, bro. No, and she goes home and she says, like, when I got to look at my husband and he goes, oh, how is uh, your flight? Like, <laughs> what do you tell him? Because then it becomes the question of, well, what did you do to make him do that? Yes, of course. It's your fault. And... And then it's the, uh, well, ooh, well, you're taking that money, huh? You're taking that settlement. And, and oh, this is boy. the other thing. Dreamer fucking doubles <laughs> down on this. And this is why I'm like, fuck Tommy Amazing. Dreamer. And Tommy Dreamer offered his half-hearted apology where of he's course. just sorry that people were offended. He's not people sorry offended, for actually yes. being a dickhead. He's sorry mm-hmm. that people were offended by him being a dickhead. Uh, Dreamer doubles down on this. Well, oh, well, if it was that big of a deal, why'd she take the money? Why didn't she try to process? Tommy Dreamer's been around fucking ECW that got fucking sued every fucking 10 minutes. Do you not know how the legal system works, Tommy Dreamer? How much money of her own she would have to lay out just to continue this fucking court battle against a fucking billion-dollar company like WWE? Massive company, Who, if they're going to go that route, they are going to fight tooth and fucking nail. They are going to put this woman through the ringer. They're going to put her fucking family through the ringer, her kids through the ringer. God forbid that they go to her kids go to school with fucking wrestling fans, read their name in the paper, and now go, oh, why is your mother being a fucking bitch because she didn't want to fuck Ric Flair? Fuck you, Tommy Dreamer. Where the fuck do you get off? And you know what? You should be canceled because you need to shut the fuck up. And, and, and let's not forget that Tommy Dreamer is the same guy who kept a pedophile around the fucking wrestling business for the past 15 years, too. Ooh. Mm. Oh, spicy. Yeah. Dreamer's very loyal to his friends, to a fault. What an episode, if you haven't checked it out. You you think House of Hardcore was running on Tommy's money? Of course not. Come on. Tommy's got Tommy's got money? Tommy probably does have money. He's been around long enough and he's had he's worked consistently and Tommy has worked consistently, which is just if you saw if you saw that kid, ECW, twenty years later, this guy one of the most steady workers in the Be- business. Because Tommy has this reputation where everyone just loves him. He's one of the boys. Everyone likes hanging out with him. He he does good for people. He helps people out when he can. Like, Tommy does a lot of very nice things that he doesn't have to do. But he's just he just does it. But that doesn't make you less of an asshole. It doesn't make you less. And that's the thing. Like, Tommy has never done anything for me. But he's never done anything to me either. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. It's not yes. like I have a, a vengeance against yes. Tommy Dreamer that I'm like, I will bring down this Tommy Dreamer. I'm, no, he's not at all. done. <laughs> but I'm not blinded by anything that he has or hasn't done to me either. Like, this is just me being observant of the things that have happened. We're talking about wrestling. Did you see, Joe, um, you mentioned you've been watching that Netflix series, Untold. Yes. About the sports. Did you see the one about the hockey uh, team? Yes, I did. And this kid had the fucking rock and Triple H China yes. at his, at his birthday party. party. 
was crazy. It was about a hockey team in was it Connecticut, New Hampshire? So it, it's it's about like a a mob boss or something. Yeah. Who runs this uh, garbage a uh, waste disposal company, like on on paper, but then he buys his son a minor league hockey team, Literally. and his son is seventeen years old. <laughs> All real. And he lets the kid run the team. So you have this 17-year-old kid running a hockey team. But, like, the kid's like, oh, yeah, like, I loved I wanted to either be a pro wrestler or a hockey player. And then he had, like, an injury, so he couldn't play hockey anymore. So his father buys him a team. But he still loved wrestling. So, like, when it was his birthday, when he's, like, 16 years old, and you're talking about, like, the height of the Attitude Era, you know? Like, he's just... Back, you know, pictures in the backyard, like by the pool, like dad's out there working the grill, and here's like Triple H, China, and and The Rock just there just making an appearance out. at the birthday party. They're literally hanging out in chairs, having drinks. Just, just it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Mobsters, bro. God bless them. Yeah, man. They. I, I'll tell you what. The mob is probably not good for society, but it is damn good for pop culture and entertainment. Bro, Sopranos the best. No, we love the mob. You you excited for the uh, Sopranos movie, the prequel movie that's coming? No, out? no. Why not? It's interesting. I you know what? I, I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this before. Sopranos season one is very good. Soprano season two is excellent. And I would go as far as saying Soprano season two might be one of the finest individual seasons of television ever. It is that good. Half of season three is good. And nothing else in that series is good. Everything else is just filler. So by the time Sopranos ended, I was like, I'm done with this and that was like one of those things that i hate watched till the end just so i could like fight with people come well, it's monday different morning. times it's different times too i mean that's there's not 400 options it's sunday night everyone else is fucking watching it everyone gotta, was watching sopranos you gotta have something yes. to talk about <laughs> so i think you jump in the i i know people love the series throughout i don't think the series was as good throughout i think i think the middle of th- I think three is good. I think some of four is good. I think it's more in the middle of four, but I could be wrong. I haven't watched the show in a long time. Um, for those that don't know, there's a movie coming out, uh, The Saints of Newark, some bullshit, and uh, it's a prequel about uh, Tony Soprano coming up, and uh, James Gandolfini's son is playing Tony Soprano, so it's interesting, and it's uh, David Chase is back. He wrote the movie, so you know it's 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 the guy who made it, so it's not like a I don't want to say it's not a cash grab, you know. Obviously, everything's a cash grab, but at least it's it's done. I would think with the the right like by the yeah by the I guess the quote unquote right people. Yes, you know, it's not just someone go. Ah, oh, let me write this thing. Like he maybe have had. I don't know if he's had this idea for a while, you know, and now he just decided to finally do it. Um, it's one of those things. I will probably watch. It's just on HBO because, Max, so you'll yeah. watch it. Yeah, it's you know free. it. I, it's it free. I'm home. I that just helps. click two buttons and yes. sit there and enjoy a beverage of my choice. So, but like, I mean, as far as like being excited for it, like, absolutely not. Yes, you'll definitely click two buttons because HBO is a good app. Unlike Netflix, uh, I tried to watch this He Man show, Joe. 
And uh, it took me about four minutes to find it. I had to type it in. I passed through <laughs> it the first time. I just when a show drops on Friday and Saturday morning, I'm looking at just added. Why do I have to go through forty posters before I find what I'm looking for? I just I don't understand how Netflix works, bro. It, it drives me insane. I no, just, I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, but you so you watched it, New He Man and Masters of the Universe. I just watched two episodes because you know we've talked about this. It's not for us. It's it's for the kids. So I just wanted to get a feel of it. And, now, uh, yeah. as someone who's not a, a big He-Man fan to begin with, but who is very interested in children's programming, what were your thoughts? I liked it. I could uh, I could definitely see kids getting into this. The animation looks just like everything else on TV. It's that CGI-looking thing. Uh, I like, because it's a kid's show, so the, the characters are aged down. They're not old people. Although mm-hmm. I guess, you know, Prince Adam isn't, He's not like old, old in the in the regular show too. I assume he's kind of young, is he not? In the original He Man. Well, in the original show, like literally, it's like the Clark Kent and Superman type thing where he looks exactly the same. Yes. And it's just like his clothes change, and no one can tell the difference. Yes, it's true. This one, he's like a scrawny guy, and he well, that's up in two thousand X. He's like a sixteen year old kid. Yes. And then when he turns into He-Man, he becomes this full-grown man. Yes, so they do that again in this one. All his friends are like that. And uh, I thought it was cool. I could see, you know, I'm not going to watch any more of it unless mm. you talk, you watch it and said, oh, bro, episode this is awesome. You should see this. But no, I mean, I have no interest in it. But I thought it was good. And if I had a kid or if I was a kid, I could definitely see myself getting into that. I uh, I checked it out. I haven't watch the whole thing by any means but what i saw i liked um a lot of there's a lot of differences baked into this new presentation but like you said the animation is for kids it is exactly what kids are watching today with all the other shows so it doesn't seem out of place and even what they've built into the storylines uh, I'm okay with because it's not something that is like shitting on the mythos or or like what previously came before it and what made it popular. Like I felt like what Thundercats Roar was doing. Yes, I get that. Like with that one, that was just so embarrassing and so insulting that it, it made you never want to watch it again. With this, I'm not going to tell you I'm in love with it, but I'm also 40 years old now. I'm not supposed to be in love with it, but I could see why kids would like it. I could, I hope they, I hope they enjoy it. I hope they get into it. I hope they start buying the toys and I probably will. I, I probably, I will watch this show at some point. It's just not at the forefront of things for me to tackle. You brought up toys. Uh, we've mentioned on this podcast a few times in the, uh, Many past episodes. The Toy Hall of Fame. Remember the Toy Hall of Fame, Joe? Yes. Yes, we've talked about some of the exciting things like stick, you know? <laughs> yeah, was it Barrel of Monkeys in there? <laughs> a lot of stupid shit, bro. Um, they announced their nominees for this year. Have you seen who's on the list here? I haven't, actually. This is news to me. So I'm going to run down this real fast. I think there's 10 or so. Uh, American Girl Dolls, pretty popular. Cabbage American Pets. Girl Dolls? Yes, yeah, so these are just dolls that girls get. They come with like a story. Uh, so this girl, she's, you know, a Russian immigrant and her mom. Like, it's like shit like that. It's pretty crazy. And uh, you go to the American 
uh, doll store, American Girl store in the like the city or something, and you, they give you outfit. It's like this whole fucking thing. It's very popular. I'm around children, so I know about it a little more. Uh, people with kids, they know about this thing. How long has this been out? Very long. It's been out for. A I've ne- I've never heard of an American Girl doll. Yes. Um, Cabbage Patch Kids, classic. Absolutely. Pinata. Absolutely. <laughs> a pinata. A pinata. Not really a, not really a toy, but uh, it's on the nominee list. Uh, I don't think that one's getting in. Uh, pool billiards is uh, there. A game, I guess, counts as a toy if you. I, I guess. Okay. Uh, See, but like to me, I wouldn't have billiards in. I could see like a board game. Yeah, so the next couple of board games, Mahjong, Risk, Settlers of Catan, and Battleship. Isn't Settlers of Catan kind of like the Cones of Dunshire from Parks and Rec? (laughs) I believe that's like the little play on it, yes. This is like the new, it's not that new nowadays, but it was the newer, like nerdy kind of uh, board game that the the kids were playing. See, I could see Risk, like Risk, uh, Battleship Battleship, for sure. yes. Like to me, I'm I'm sure this is in already. Then like Candyland is like when I think board games, Candyland is the first one that will always come to mind for me. Monopoly, I think, is probably yeah. Monopoly, you know, and then and then we get into the crazy stuff that we play. But Monopoly and Candyland, I think that those are two definitely top five. Did you ever watch the Monopoly documentary on like the Monopoly World Championships? No, I thought you were gonna ask if I watched. There was a Candyland uh, cooking competition show where they had to make these candy treats to look like if it was a giant Candyland board. It was wild. Um, there was thing a I mon- didn't see the. <laughs> there was a Monopoly documentary. I believe it's called Under the Board Boardwalk. No, I just and remember I- the Monopoly scratch off one. That was oh no! This this was a like a documentary about like the world championships of Monopoly. Interesting, the world and, championships. Wow. Okay. Like and and my thing is is like, <laughs> how do you get good at Monopoly when so much revolves around the luck of you rolling the dice? I agree, but I guess the strategy of it, right? Like you just there's certain things you should always do. Like I think certain people. Say to always buy, no matter what you land on, you should buy it. I don't know if that's good or bad. But I, I, I don't know. I it's it, this thing is at least a couple years old. It was on Amazon Prime, if I remember. Under the board, boardwalk is the name. Awesome. Uh, if you want to check it out, go check it out. It was entertaining. I want to say it's a little over an hour. It was an entertaining watch. If anyone wants to go check it out, definitely. I will. I'll write that down in my little book here. Real fast, round out the nominees. Uh, the corn popper. Fisher Price thing, you know, a little thing you push with the pop, 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 you know. No. You know, like the little kids, they like uh, push that little. It looks like a vacuum, and it's just got like a couple balls in there, and it pops. Oh up. yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. you, you know. Yeah. Okay, fire truck is a thing. Sand, like... because sand. I don't know. Fan, reason, like a, like like an yeah. oscillating fan. <laughs> no sand. S a n d. Oh sand. What? <laughs> Hey, Jimmy, what'd you get for Christmas? Oh, I got this 20-pound bag of sand. Oh, I love it. Hey, Joe, what about you? Like, oh, you get fucking laid last night? Like, yeah, it felt like a big felt, bag of sand. Felt like a bag of sand. 
<laughs> Have you ever actually felt a tit? <laughs> it's the best. If anyone doesn't get that, I I, I don't know because th- this movie's old enough at it's this old. point. It's almost twenty years old. Yeah, that's from the forty-year-old virgin. The best, and the reason I brought up the, well, I would have brought it up either way because it's so much fun talking about fucking sand. What the fuck? Uh, he Man and the Masters of the Universe have been nominated. For they the were Toy nominated Hall before. Well, this is it. They're trying to get in. They, it's they, a, how do you not get in the first? That's a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer if I've ever seen one. This is the biggest fucking travesty I've seen since it took Joe DiMaggio fucking four ballots to get into the Hall of Fame. This is worse than when Phil Rizzuto went off the ballot for fucking 15 years and was basically knocking down the door screaming, let me in, let me in. That's a good meme. Uh, is that true? That Joe DiMaggio was a fourth ballot Hall of Famer? Something like that, yeah. I don't that's, know if it's exactly four, but, but yes. But still, not first? Like, that seems a little silly. I don't... <laughs> I mean, gee, who, who, what was the reasoning behind not voting for Joe DiMaggio? I mean, there's probably, uh... Is it like... I, like, I, 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 I don't shit? even fucking like, know. No, is it like, like that? Like, they don't like him, so they didn't vote for him? Like, one of those No, things? it wasn't that, because you gotta remember, he was a Yankee, he was the center That's fielder, I mean. he was married yeah. to Marilyn Monroe, he was like, a everyone thought he was everyone the bee's knees, them. yeah. That's what I mean, like... Like, we don't like Derek Jeter, but, like, imagine that happened to Derek Jeter, like, that'd be silly, like, come on. Yeah, like, we're sitting here talking about Derek Jeter not getting 100% of the vote. Yes. Fucking Joe DiMaggio didn't even get in. That's, that's fucked up, bro. Oh, my goodness. Like, um, imagine if Derek Jeter didn't even get in. Like, the fucking <laughs> blowback that would have ensued. Yes, exactly. They're trying to hunt down the one guy who didn't vote for him. Forget about it. Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't make it this year. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Come back next year, Derek. We, th- we think maybe your stats will change by then. Like that's all. Like I get if there's ten other people, it's always interesting to. <laughs> the stats don't change, folks. Just vote for the fucking people. Just cut it out. I t- I'll tell you what though. Um, because I do have a vote with the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America. Yes, I love those. Episodes. There are people who maybe I don't vote for, but then change my tune on later after I do more digging or someone. Um, will like convince me of something. Uh, one of those guys, I think the best example is probably Mike Mussina. Sure, Mike, yes. M- Mike Mussina was not someone I thought of as a Hall of Famer. He's always a very good pitcher. He was always the- very, very good, but yes. like he was, he was never like the guy. Is the way I felt yes. about him. I agree. And and when I really dug into his stats. And, like, the era that he pitched in, in the American League East, which was, like, especially during the steroid era, was, like, the most competitive division of baseball. And he was still an ace throughout all that. Like, someone I was speaking to actually was like, yo, but, like, have you considered this and this? And I hadn't considered this and that. And it swayed me. And eventually I did vote for Mike Mussina. Sure. But it's not like you were picking 12 guys... And this guy, you know, you were borderline on him. I get it. Yeah. Mike Messina. Didn't know that was coming. Uh, Joe, who was... I just remembered now. I wanted to ask you a question. I didn't remember the answer. And now as I'm about to ask you the question, I remember. Uh, we were talking about uh, strikes and uh, picketing. And uh, I was like, who was that Met pitcher 
that was a picket guy crossed the line. And I couldn't remember. Rick Reed. And it was Rick Reed. I, I first I said Steve. I was like, was this Steve Traxel? I said, no. I said, my boy didn't do that. And then I, right as I was about to say it, Rick Reed came to my mind. So funny. I well, couldn't remember the name. What I also should think, um, what about Kevin Millar? Kevin Millar, who's on Intentional Talk on the MLB Network. He's one of like their biggest talking heads. Yes, he was a... Uh, a scab as well during the 94 season. And so when the Red Sox won the world series and everything in 2004, when they broke the curse, Kevin Millar's name is not on any of the merchandise. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Because if you crossed the picket line during that time, you were not eligible to be a member of the union. So Kevin Millar Whatever money he made in baseball, he gets no pension. He gets no lifetime health benefits. You know, none of that's He's not eligible for any of that stuff. Any merchandising, he was never in... Uh, I don't believe he was ever in video games because of that. Yeah, yeah, Rick Reed was never in it because of that. So, Thank like... God he's of, got the new gigs. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I forget about it. I just... I remembered the, the Mets had a guy... Oh, that's so funny. Kevin Millar. Wow. Okay. Look at that. Learning. You're learning me today, Joe. Thank you. Yep. This is what I do. Hey, Joe, you watch anything else good? Uh, Actually, something you and I watch every week and we do a segment on. How about Marvel's What If This Week, Gomez? Definitely not for kids again. <laughs> yep. Uh, This week's Marvel What If was What If Killmonger uh, saved Tony Stark? So we get the... Opening of Iron Man with Tony Stark is in Afghanistan. He gets ambushed, except this time he gets saved by uh, Michael B. Jordan. And the consequences ensue. Uh, Yeah, another episode with a lot of murdering of of famous people we love. Always good to see. (laughs) Do you think that, like, the people behind Marvel Studios have been sitting, like, behind the scenes for the past decade? They They hate them. They hate and Robert like, Donnie Jr. Like, but, like, here's the thing. Him. So, like, I've been complaining. Remember, like, when Civil War came out and I complained exactly that... You wanted him dead. That, that yeah. Someone has to die. At some point, This there's war. This is battle. There has to be stakes. Because be consequences for this stuff. Yep. Otherwise, we just end up in the same place we started at. People have a little disagreement, and then they're all friends at the end. Who gives a fuck about the previous two hours? Yes, and, and you, it, lo- you learn not to care. It's like the people behind the studio have like just been sitting on all these ways to kill people for over a decade and now they're finally able to let loose and kill everyone they want over and over. So the episode again, I think all these episodes are good. I don't think any of them are, are great. My biggest problem with this episode, boy, it just fucking ends at the end, huh? Like just like uh hey, yeah. we're gonna go do this thing. Okay. But well, you ain't gonna see it. Credits no. roll, please. Yeah, it just—it's a very sudden and abrupt ending for where they were in the story at that point. So it's like, oh my goodness! Like it kind of takes away from the show because then it's like, oh well, I didn't get a resolution. I kind of, kind of don't like it as much now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Good, but not great. And um, I was kind of once I see Shuri come in and kind of. 
get ready to team up with Pepper Potts, I'm like, oh, okay, this is taking a, a sudden yeah, turn. Like, oh, okay, exactly. Like, okay, interesting. And then it just like it hits that Sopranos ending where it just fades to black. Like not to be continued, nothing. Yeah. Just boom. Like at least I get the one with the zombies because it's like, oh, you know, well, here they go. They're they're just coming home to Thanos. Like I get it. You don't need to see Thanos do anything. He's there. We get it. But this one, yeah, we need to see what happens. Like there's a lot going on in the fucking story. Like oh, some of the comics are like this where they just kind of end because. Mm-hmm. I guess their thinking is, you know, we're just going to tell you, like, one part of the story. Like, we never said we're going to tell you the whole story. It's not like that's what a, a comic would be. It would be a running series of this. This is just a Correct. piece of it. So, in that sense, yeah, I get it. But uh, I don't think they have to be so abrupt with it. They could have at least said something. I don't know. A, a to be continued. Especially because it seems like we will go back to these stories. Like, the way they end and they... And yeah. they leave us hanging. I feel like we will see these characters come back. Like I think we'll see Tatala, Star Lord, maybe do another thing, stuff like that. So we'll see. Uh, this week's episode is something about Thor, Party Thor, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just saw the art for that. It was just <clears throat> Thor. So maybe he doesn't mature or something like that. I guess he doesn't. Oh, know. what a shocker! <laughs> something like that. I don't know. But uh, it's interesting. I uh, I think they got a lot of the cast back for this one, so that oh very help. cool. That'll help at least. Uh, and there's three episodes left. I think there's nine episodes in total. So I think there's either five or six. So it's either three episodes, four, something like that. So yo, it's almost not done. for not for nothing. Why can TV shows only be fucking ten episodes now? I don't mind it because then you. Then, I mean, theoretically, you would not get uh, the filler episodes like The Office, how you talk about there's a lot of bad in The Office. Yeah. I feel if The Office was 10, 15 episodes, you don't have time where you know what storyline you want to get to, but you have to, you know, you have to slow down to get there. You can't rush it. So if it's 10 episodes, I feel like you're getting, you're getting all the good shit. There's no time to fulfill her. You don't like that? I feel like I, I love that about shows now. I don't, I don't want 22 episodes, really. See, I, it's just that when I'm really into a show, I feel like I'm getting shortchanged. I understand that. I totally do. Because, yes, we're used to 23, 24 episodes. And, like and I don't think it's the length of the season. Like in a show, and we keep going back to this, but like The Office, I don't think it's the length of the season that felt like filler to me. It's the choices of stories that they made. Like... Like building up, building up, building up to Jim and Pam, and then when we finally got there, it was like, wow, these not for nothing, but they're very unlikable. Well, sure. In that sense, yes. If that's your problem, then yes. But I think most people would say, you know, oh, episode four is a Jim and Pam thing, and then we don't go back to them again till episode nine. You know, so you had three episodes, four episodes, whatever of of other stuff that wasn't. Jim and Pam so you get annoyed with that it's like no just give us the main stuff but I get it, you don't like that so you don't want to see it but I think for most people they'd be like nah see, I don't want that episode where you know and then even after thing. once Michael leaves the show well that's it, the end yeah yeah like and you get like really you'll get like pieces of good stuff here and there but some of the storylines in there it's just like ugh, like I'm not into this at all when I see a show is 
10 episodes, I get excited. I go, oh, perfect. Because remember, remember we complained about the Marvel episode, the Marvel series on Netflix? Yeah. Uh, they were all 12, yeah, 13 yeah, episodes. Yeah, we did. And, and we're we like, like, oh, this could have been 10 episodes. If it was 8 episodes, wouldn't that be good? Because they just get right to the point. Because they're kind of like, what's going on? Like, nothing happened on this. So yeah. That's what I... That's... So that that's a better example to, to show you what I mean. Yeah, you're right. I can't so, argue with that because we we did we we said that about Daredevil. We said it about um, Jessica Jones. Because there's a lot we really like in those shows, but there's also a lot where it's like it's a drag sometimes. Yeah. No, you're right about that. I agree with you. I'm sorry. I'm stupid. <laughs> we all mis- make mistakes, baby. You're good. <laughs> I'm the maestro of mistake making. Oh, I, I don't think you want that name. Just the doctor of dummies. <laughs> the sultan of stupidity. Oh, no. That's not... We don't like that one. Just... I'm terrible. I'm just... I'm terrible. But, but Gomez, I did take your advice this week. Oh, what does that mean? It means that I watched a movie. Oh, baby, if you watch the movie, then that means I have to hit a button that I don't think a lot of people have heard. Let me hit this button here. Six weeks of horror. (laughs) All right, Joseph. Oh, baby, it's time for six weeks of horror. Oh, it's the most magical time of year, baby. I love it. For some people, yeah. (laughs) Halloween is just around the corner. Why should we wait till October to celebrate? Come on. Let's have two extra weeks in the fun. And we get six weeks of horror, baby. Oh, Joey, what did you watch for me? Gomez, last week you came on this show talking about a little film made by a little man named James Wan that is called... Malignant. Oh, baby. And I said I had heard of it, and that from what I had been seeing online was that it maybe started out a little slow, but there's a a lot of build. But once it hits that point, fucking shit goes off the rails. And everybody seemed to be having a very active reaction to the movie afterwards. Yes. So you... you, you, Did you agree with those people before we uh, just... I right off the bat, so I'm watching the movie and it's it's interesting, you know, yeah. a little suspense, a uh-huh. little drama. Exactly, yeah. And and then the part of the movie comes up where I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I go, so so this is what everyone was talking about. Yes. So I wanted you to do that first because it's hard to talk about the movie without talking about the movie. So I just wanted you to to give that reaction. Uh, without saying anything about the movie, so that if you want to see this movie, I strongly suggest you pause this podcast, watch the movie, and come back and hear us talk about it. Because I'm telling you, folks, it's just, you need to see this movie. <laughs> I and, and, and I'll be 100% honest with you, I'm so glad that I didn't know any of the spoilers going in, because the, the big swerve of the movie is something I was not even like I had all my theories going throughout the movie and I'm like, oh it could be this, it could be this, like whatever. And I'm like, oh I, I think I pretty much solved this. Like I felt like a fucking detective. And nope, I was way off. 
<laughs> so I had heard of this movie, of course, because uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm follow horror stuff. I, I want to know the good stuff coming out, and uh, everyone for weeks when this was coming out weeks ago, people are saying, "Man, I can't wait for people to see Malignant because they don't even know what's coming." They think they know what they're getting, and they don't. And it was lots of vague stuff like that. Just letting you know that maybe, you know, this movie's going to be Banana Town. And, uh, boy, it did not disappoint. Everyone strongly agrees. Do not know anything going in because it just kicks it up a notch. Because the movie starts it starts like a regular horror movie, right, Joe? You're like, this is normal. There's nothing crazy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, like... It's a good little suspense movie. Like I'm, I'm there. I'm kind of yes, fidgeting a little bit. What's happening? Yeah. Yes. And then we get a swerve here. So we're gonna talk about it. So we see the killer plenty of times. We see a killer come kill people. We just assume there's some killer out there. The killer's running away from cops, doing parkour, like all oh, fucking it's bananas. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so. And that's the thing is, like, throughout the whole movie, like, there's this series of murders happening, and this woman is having these mental visions of the murder scenes and where the killer is, and we don't know why. And it comes out that she has a a sibling that she never knew about and had been repressed in her memory, and because she was in a, like, a scientific study laboratory (laughs) as a kid... And whatever, like, there's, like, all this mental shit going on that I'm not smart enough to be knowledgeable about. But, like, you're like, oh, like, yeah, I can see there's some kind of mental link there where that's what's causing these visions and giving her, you know, this information. And so throughout the movie, you're sitting there going, oh, you know, I wonder if it's this person. I wonder if it's this person. Oh, it could be the doctor that we saw early in the the scene. It could be... Uh, Job's ex-girlfriend Marta Who plays one of the nurses In the opening yes, scene she does I was wondering if you noticed her <laughs> uh, so, Yeah so she uh, From Arrested Development uh, Job Bluth's ex-girlfriend From season one Marta Who was the uh, Daytime uh, Spanish speaking Soap opera star uh, She's one of the nurses In the opening scene of this And that like I was like Oh shit it's Marta So good But like So you're wondering Like who the fuck Could this person be and the reveal of when they actually get to who this person is. So I assumed like it was like I figured it was a sibling thing, but just like you know been locked up or so you know some whatever craziness. Lo and behold, the sibling is still inside her, <laughs> been it feeding, is. feeding off of her, <laughs> and now it's come out, and it's it's attached to a head. Her head splits open. This monster comes out of her head. <laughs> she turns backwards, and she's this out-of-control monster. Well, it's a he now, Gabriel. Yes. And at, at this point, the movie, just like I said, it turns it up to 27, I believe I had said. And my goodness, the last 30 minutes are just bananas town. So they talk throughout in the opening scene. They're like, "Oh, we we have to get rid of the cancer. We have to get rid of the yes. cancer." You don't realize that this Gabriel, who she keeps referring to as, and everybody assumes it's her imaginary friend, yes. but no, Gabriel is like a fully formed tumor 
on the opposite side of her, coming out of the back of her head and her back with, like, fully formed arms and shit. Yes. And able to communicate using vibrations that come through, like, uh, radio transistor devices. Like, and it's just fucking Bananas Town. So when you finally get this reveal of this this person, like, semi-person breaking through her back and the back of her head, you're like, what the fuck <laughs> just happened here? Because this was something, like... I'll tell you what, a conjoined fucking twin on your opposite side was not something that I was fucking ready to wrap up the case with. Not at all. Oh my goodness, it was. And that's that's the fun horror. See, horror sometimes is batshit crazy. And this is a batshit crazy horror movie because, you know, sometimes you got some crazy ideas. Sometimes they don't work. But, you know, you just go for it. And whether it works for everybody, because I'm sure there's a bunch of people who think this movie is horseshit. And I get it. There's this crazy prosthetic of a Siamese twin on this girl's back. It's crazy. I understand. But it's fun. It's a good time. Gomez, I'm going to agree with you. I think it is a fun time. Even for someone like me, I... Hey, I bought into it. I bought into it fucking hook, line, and sinker. It's so crazy that I think it just, you just get on board. Because you're like, oh, we going here? All right, let's see what's next. Like, if you, once you're there, it's like, strap in, let's go. Yeah, there's no going back. Like, come on. And it delivers. It's crazy. (laughs) Oh, I'm Uh, so happy you enjoyed it, (laughs) Joe. Yeah, so why don't we hit some music? Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? Alright, Joe. What do you give? Malignant. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, once I started hearing all the buzz on social media, like, whenever I hear, like, if, if I'm hearing it, that means enough people are talking about it. This yes. is a small budget movie. It's not like it's been getting overly promoted everywhere. But Hell when, no. and it's not like I'm out there seeking horror news and, and breakthroughs and whatever. So if I'm hearing about it, that means it has broken through enough to the point where, like, hey, this is not just the horror people talking about this. So. When now you're putting it over and I see some other people I know who are decidedly not horror centric people putting it over. I'm like, all right, maybe I got to take a look at this. And I'll be honest, this was a good fucking movie. <laughs> I'm so like, it's not something I, I would normally pick for you, but I think it's so crazy that I think you just you get into the craziness and have a good time with it. I'm well, that's so the thing for, for the majority of the movie. I kind of feel like it's just like another episode of Law and Order. And yes. you're just, you're out there trying to find the killer. You know, it's like like any yes. other, like any what's other the show. Mystery? Yeah, what's yeah, the mystery? Yeah, yeah, Who's and the killer? And then once we have that reveal with Gabriel, the fucking conjoined twin tumor, waving its little fucking arms, like its baby little fucking T-Rex arms. It's so fucking gross. And this, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Like, I at that point, if you're not invested, like, if you weren't invested going into that, you are at that moment. And Gomez, I had a great, I, I honestly had fun with this movie. When it was over, I was like, now that was some shit. <laughs> and that's why I'm going to give this movie a quadruple main man, four stars. Yeah, baby. Oh, I love to hear it. Four stars. That's what I'm giving it to. It's a good time. It's a quick movie. It flies by. And like I said, the last third of this movie just totally swings for the fucking fences, bro. Grand slam. Holy shit. I think it's a really good job in storytelling because, like I said, the intro to this movie has like its opening scene has like that that moment where you're like, oh, God, you know, like, you know, something's up. But then they slow it down and they just slowly build and they they take you on this little ride and they really drag it out. Not to the point where it becomes overly um, unnecessarily elongated, but just to the point where they've they're laying all the groundwork. They're planting all the seeds. They're lulling you into this false sense of security until you see this little fucking freak thing come like just busting out like Holy shit! And it just turns the movie on its fucking ear in that moment. Oh, I'm so happy. I hope everybody sees this. I hope we get ton- everyone going, bro. I wasn't gonna watch that movie, but you were talking about it, and holy shit, I'm so happy I saw it. Next week, uh, I have some stuff written down, but I haven't done a, a proper schedule yet. But I will put the schedule up on our social media and my social media, the Gomez. 154 Instagram and Twitter and uh, I'll let the folks know what we're watching horror wise on the upcoming episode so that they can play along at home I like that and I think you should also tell these folks right now about something you put out on social media yeah uh, uh, yesterday as well the new metal kid dropped that playlist I talked about 23 songs about a little less than an hour and a half you know listen to your commute when you're done listening to our show as promised. Yes. I mean, listen, This I'm the new metal kid. So right off the bat, if that first song ain't for you, I mean, then, you know, move on, bro. Like, this is this is what you get. Like, this is new metal. I ain't I'm Ricky Bobby. And if you don't like Big Red, then fuck you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I'm Gomez. And if you don't like new metal, then fuck you. I understand that it's not for everyone. That's why I... I Proudly proclaim to be the new metal kid because I want everyone to know that it's okay to love new metal. It's all right. Don't don't be scared. Embrace it. Remember, Limp Biscuit is popular for a reason. Cause they fucking they're slap. For, they're for the children. <laughs> what a what a fun episode. Look at the time, Joe. We uh, we're almost out of it. Well, I guess we better make the most of what we have left then, right? Let me hit some music. It is now time for the big finish. All right, Joe. We got a big finish for you today. I'm excited for this one. You ready for this? Absolutely. Today's big finish. Top three dishes from an Italian restaurant. So when you go to an Italian place, what are you getting? Here we go. 
Number one, chicken parmesan. Number two, fried mozzarella. Number three, multiple cheese raviolis. Done and done. <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, cheese ravioli, number one. I love a good penny vodka. I'm a big fan. One number three. I'm gonna take. We got some time. I'm gonna sip it. Let me think of number three. What do I really? What do I get from a, a nice Italian? I mean, I do love a good chicken parm. I can't lie. But is there something else? Mm. Oh, maybe a nice chicken franchise. You know? Mm. Here and there, a chicken franchise is never my go-to dish. But it's one of those things, like, if I'm at, like, some kind of party or event, yeah. and they have, like, a tray of it out, and you go up to the buffet, and you kind of take a couple pieces, you're like, hmm, this is fucking good. I haven't had this in a while. But then I'm good on chicken franchise for a long time. I get you. That's Kellyanne's favorite, so we probably eat it a little more than, uh, most. Uh, yes, I mean, you know, I do, I do love... Sticks all good. You, you, your list was very solid, Joe. You came out well, here, strong and you brought the heat, bro. Here's the thing chicken parm, you can get basically anywhere, right? Sure, but there is a big difference between good chicken parm 100%. and just anywhere yes. chicken parm. Yes, big, big difference. When you have good chicken parm, man, you'll want to take that shit behind the middle school and get it pregnant. Time is up. <laughs> Fried mozzarella. And I don't say mo- mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks are something you get at a diner. Fried mozzarella. Fresh mozzarella. In the dough. Baked to perfection. Usually comes... If you're in a nice place, comes in a little triangle. Yes. You the know, Carosa. it's like... Yeah. It's... You ever hear the Norm McDonald bit? And I've been on the Norm McDonald kick for a while, you know, for all week now. Yes. Um, he's got the bit about the triangle sandwiches uh, at, that they always have at parties. Hmm. And you can't get them at, like, the store. No. You, like, you, you go to the deli and you say, hey, do you have, where do you keep your, your sandwiches in the little triangles? And they go, we don't have those. And then you say, well, what kind of sandwiches do you have? And they say, the ones shaped like sandwiches. And you go, fuck, they're right. And <laughs> that's how this is with fried mozzarella. Like, you can't just get this good fried mozzarella anywhere. Like, you can't just go to the store and get it. You have to go to these these fancy schmancy Italian places with the fucking Billy Joel playing softly in the background, which I fucking hate. And, you know, do you want a bottle of red or a bottle of white? Or you want to go tell you me to go fuck myself tonight? I don't give a shit, Billy Joel. You suck. Enough. I've had it with you. But I want the goddamn fried mozzarella. When you don't get a, a pasta with a red sauce, what, what other sauce you getting? You getting a, a Fredo, a vodka, a pink sauce? What do you like? So, me personally, I love a fettuccine Alfredo yes. with grilled chicken. Mm, so good. It is good. Mm. Alfredo is wonderful. Mm. Do you like with bacon? A little bacon in there? I'm not against it, but I never lean towards that. Sure. I got you. I understand. Mr. Boyle I, I love I love a penne alla vodka also with grilled chicken. I love a penny vodka. They do a penny vodka with uh, stuffed rigatoni. Oh, it's so good. It's nice. I'm a fan of ricotta and cheese. I, I, absolutely. And... You know, I give my mom a lot of shit on this show, but one thing my mom fucking makes better than I've had at any restaurant ever. My mom makes a fucking killer baked ziti. Oh, I love a baked ziti. I do. It's something I never get, but like 
Mr. Ball will get it sometimes and like, mm, baked ziti. I could, I love a good baked ziti. It's just so simple and just, oh. yeah. And there are times because there's just I love a lot of cheese. So baked ziti is something. Obviously, a lot of regot, a lot of cheese. Yep. And like every now and then, like I'll be in the mood for it, and I'll you know I'll go on Uber Eats or something and look for a, an Italian place with a bunch of stars next to it. And I'll get the big ziti, and I'll always be disappointed oh, for whatever so reason. My mom just fu- mama shoes fucking kills it in the kitchen with the big ziti. I love it. Only I remember I've had your mom's beef stroganoff. That's that's the only time I had that. Was at your house? It was good. Oh, dynamite! That's one of my favorite dishes. Yeah, it's not something I've never had it before or after. Really? Cause I've never I've heard of it. But that's not really anything that I know makes. Yeah, we um, that was one of like our pretty regular dishes growing up. Was a beef stroganoff. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Where do you stand on the just the the classic spaghetti and meatballs? I love a spaghetti and meatball. See, I don't. I but look, I prefer a rigatoni. You know, with with the sauce. But I mm-hmm. do like a nice spaghetti. I prefer the spaghetti with the chicken palm. So I could do a little spaghetti, a little piece yeah, of that I chicken agree with, that. with that. Yeah, that's spaghetti what I like. and meatballs to me would be so far down my list that it wouldn't even make the first page of the menu. You know what I mean? Well, see, I have Mr. Ball. Mr. Ball makes pretty great meatballs. I've had other people's meatballs and they're good, but Mr. Ball he makes a pretty game good meatball. So that I have the same thing with the like with you and your mom there. Yeah, maybe that. Like, my mom makes... My grandmother used to make fucking killer meatballs. Yeah. But even then, I was never the biggest meatball fan. I get it. Do you like a meat sauce? Eh. Yeah. I could do it out. I could take it or leave it. I could do without it. Definitely. Mm, Look at that. Learning. Look at that. That was supposed to be top three. I nailed it in probably record time, and we ended up spending 20 minutes on it anyway. (laughs) We love you, folks. <laughs> oh, Joe, hit him with the plug so we can get out of here. Uh, so now that we have made you sufficiently hungry, I know I did myself. And I know I have late. A, and I, I have a pizza. I, I might put in the oven now. <laughs> I was going to say I probably shouldn't be ordering food this late at night. But uh, remember to follow us on all the social media at Cardjomez, Instagram and Twitter. Remember to subscribe to this show. Send us a screenshot of you subscribed to at Cardjomez on Twitter using the hashtag belly button splash. And I'll send you an eight by ten. Also, if you happen to miss my Twitch stream from the other night with Monster Mash Cereal. Go check that out on YouTube.com slash Joe Shoes. Otherwise, you can follow all my musings, writings, drawings of cowboys and zebras at The Joe Shoes. I expect to see drawings of cowboys and zebras. Uh, I'm the oh, Gomez. Shit, I'm going to have to do that now, right? <laughs> yes, you are. I'm the Gomez154 on Instagram and Twitter. I love that Gomez has that Instagram. And don't forget to... Follow and listen to his Spotify playlist, The New Metal Kid. Yes. So, like, it's hard to find because a lot of people got to listen to it, so it gets uh, there. So I put the link up on Instagram. So uh, click on my story. I'll put it up every couple days. And uh, please listen. If you like it, I'll do another one. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll post that on the Twitter, on Facebook.com slash Carjomez. Give us a like there. We have been stuck on 99 likes on Facebook for a couple of weeks now. 
And I think it would be very nice if we could get to like 119,000 by the next episode. We expect it. Uh, we, yes. I don't think that's too much to expect. <laughs> so until next time, Joe. Until next time, friends. Peace. One, two, one, two.